All gas, no brake. Swaggy sauce, Gardner. Um, I mean, that boy's a dog, man. And, uh, that boy a dog, for real. Listen, thank you. We're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. And I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jets Way podcast. Jake and Lorenzo. Bro, how are we today? We're doing well. You know, it's the end of the week here. It's, li- it's a little cold in, in the tri-state area, which is unfortunate. But um, no, I'm doing well. How, how about you? We've had a really good year, man, with the uh, the cold. I don't know. It's, I'm not really. It's been weird. It's like some It's like some weekends have been freezing, but it, relatively it's been like in the 40s and 50s, which um, I consider nice, especially in this time of year. So I definitely agree with that. Well, I think it's just once we get through. March, really like the tail end of March is when it starts to warm up just a tad. Um, and then once we get to opening day for baseball, then we start to see the change. So I agree. It's been a good year and I'm going to knock on all the wood around me, <laughs> but we haven't like that's that snow that we saw yeah. um, maybe the other day. That's the most snow that I need to see all year. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm good. I'm good without the snow and uh, it's, it's been a good start to the year. I don't know if you actually just saw recently. Um, I wasn't watching because I have respect for myself and I have much better things to do than watch. But in the uh, Pro Bowl games or whatever, they were like to Derek Carr, oh, you're because they were doing some stupid like passing mm-hmm. game, and they were saying to him, "Have you ever been this hot before in Vegas?" He goes, "No, that's probably why I'm going somewhere else." I thought that was funny. <laughs> that's um, uh, that's that's, yeah. that's that's hilarious. You know, Derek Carr, I think will be on a new team pretty soon. Uh, you know, if it's the Jets, I'm not too sure, but we'll just have to wait and see. A new opening just uh opened up in Vegas, so the road to get Aaron Rodgers is definitely much more complicated. I don't know. I don't. I, don't got, I got nothing for you. That 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 scares me a little bit. That that Raiders situation. I'll be honest, like because obviously he's the Packers are looking to trade him to the AFC and. It's it's pretty much just the Jets and and the Raiders and obviously the the history with Devontae Adams is there. Um, you know they're going to be itching for a quarterback, a, a veteran quarterback rather. Um, and obviously Tom Brady retiring is huge because he's a potential option that's that's no longer. So that that situation scares me. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I I don't feel great about it. But tonight we will not be talking about Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, college guys. We will actually be talking about Lamar Jackson. We have a Ravens beat writer from Pressbox, Bo Smolka, joining us very shortly to discuss Lamar, the latest with him in Baltimore, the the franchise tag, what type of franchise tag. I, I, I'm just learning what this exclusive <laughs> franchise tag is. There's all these franchise tags all of a sudden. But it, just from all the reports from the outside, it seems like Lamar will not be coming to the Jets. He will probably be staying at Baltimore, and rightfully so. You a guy like Lamar Jackson does not come around too often. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's a smart thing to do for both sides, in my opinion. Uh, but if they don't want him, we'll, we'll gladly take him uh, over here at one Jets drive. It's uh, you know, he's an MVP talent quarterback that that you want your team for for years to come. So um, selfishly, I hope they don't work it out. But obviously, that's what uh, all signs um, point towards. And on that note, let's just uh, turn it on over to Bo Bo Smoka Press Box. All right, Bo. So 
what exactly happened last year with the Ravens? You know, how was the relationship with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? It kind of seemed from an outsider's perspective that he kind of quit on the team. Uh, once he got hurt, he kind of called it for a season. And um, take us through that whole relationship and where things stand right now with Lamar. I mean, it's it's obviously story number one here from now until something happens. I, I Just last week when Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh held their season-ending news conference, they were all effusive in their belief that a, an extension will happen and that he wants to be here, Harbaugh wants him here, DaCosta wants him here, the owner Steve Bishotti wants him here. But as I said, until it happens, it hasn't happened. And it hasn't happened for 18 months now, so I'm not sure it's going to happen in the next five weeks. Now, these things tend to have a way of, you know, deadlines are deadlines, and deadlines get things moving along. So we will see if a deal gets done between now and when the franchise tag has to be applied. My personal belief is it will not. Um, but I'll going back to the season, the whole thing was so strange because he gets hurt in the second quarter, or he got hurt in the Denver game on December the 4th. The play that it happened on was the last play of the first quarter. So the quarter break happens, and we never even saw Lamar Jackson on the field in discomfort. It's not like he went down and had to get helped off the field by trainers. The quarter ended. He came off the field. There's the quarter break, commercial break or whatever, and then we saw Tyler Huntley warming up. And I thought, honestly, maybe they were bringing in Tyler Huntley for some sort of razzle-dazzle play because it just – it. The injury when it happened didn't look like any worse of an injury than you see 15 other times in the course of a game. But then we see Jackson go into the, into the medical tent and then he goes to the locker room. And then of course, now it is a big story. Um, and Lamar Jet and Tyler Huntley finishes that game. But even the next day, John Harbaugh had said, it's not a season ender. Looks like in a, a week or two, they're probably not for this week, increasingly likely week after week after that. And then of course, every week it was, we're not sure about this week. We're not sure about this week. We're done talking about Lamar Jackson. So I think there was frustration from John Harbaugh more from the sense that we kept asking about him and he kept expecting him to be back and he wasn't back. Um, frustration between the team and Jackson. Did he quit on the team? I don't think he quit on the team in that respect. I know there's a, there's a narrative out there that says he wasn't about to bring himself back at less than 100% with a big contract coming up. My own personal belief is that's just not how he's wired. And if he was able to compete, he would have played. Um, it's easy for me to say that I'm not Lamar Jackson. He's a hard guy to get a read on because he keeps a real low profile. He keeps everything really close to the vest. But my sense is he was not able to play. Um, I just feel like if he were, he would have been out there because he's not a guy that's not going to take the chance to compete. After the fact, we talked to players who said, oh, yeah, he was limping around a lot. He's limping quite a bit. He's limping quite a bit as if they were trying to validate that and also kind of kill that narrative. I, that's my belief on the whole thing as for the, the way the season ended. Yes, some people wish he had been in Cincinnati for that last game. That was not a real good look. Um, whether that was because his knee was bothering him more or whether he just didn't want to go, I don't know. That, I don't think that was a good look. And there were other things that came up in the course of the season that I think frustrated the organization. At one point, he gave he put out a little pretty profane tweet or an Instagram. I can't remember now which which it was at a fan that had taken exception to him, and and that that kind of blew up a little bit. Then it went away. But he said he he acknowledged he was frustrated at the time. So there's been a lot of stuff. And I remember talking to Lamar Jackson back in August, and at the time. 
He said, I'm not talking about the contract anymore until after the season. And Eric DaCosta that morning put out, the general manager, put out a statement that said, we're done talking about the contract. It didn't happen. We're we're not going to talk about it again until after the season. And I think both parties thought, well, you know what? That's fine. That's all well and good. But everyone else is going to talk about the contract all season. That's just what's going to happen. So that did happen. And I, and I do think it probably was weighing on Jackson to some extent over the course of the season. But this team also had problems over the course of the season. They had effectively no wide receivers. Once Rashad Bateman got hurt, they had no wide receivers to speak of. Um, they were the least productive wide receiver group in the entire league. It was a team that was built on the running game. And, and they, they just had, they str- it was, there was a lot going on. Um, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, was getting, you know, he was vilified every time something went wrong with this offense. And ultimately, end of the season, those two sides, Roman left, and, and there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. I find it fascinating, quite honestly. They're hiring a new offensive coordinator, and they've got to add t- talk. The first question I'm asking if I'm the new offensive coordinator candidate, what's the deal with Lamar Jackson? And they can't, they don't know. So I think that's really an interesting um, thing to deal with. But to get back to your original question, did he quit on the team? I don't think so. I understand the narrative completely. I do think he was legitimately hurt, but it's a fair thing to speculate about because of the contract status, which again, whether they liked it or not, it was a dominant storyline all year. And it's going to be a dominant storyline until something gets straightened out. And Bo, really appreciate you coming on and explaining kind of the backstory of what that season looked like. Um, I'm not sure where contract where, where that you know negotiation is right now, but do you think there's a scenario in which Lamar Jackson plays this year on the franchise tag um, and no extension signed? And then can you also just explain a little bit about the differences between the two different franchise tags um, as you know of it? Well, do I think there's this chance he'll play as opposed to sit out the whole year on the franchise tag? Yes, I think he'll play. I think there's a lot of question whether he would participate in OTAs or training camp and all that. Um, to get back to the whole the whole thing with the extension from the Ravens' point of view is the Ravens' owner, Steve Bishotti, has, has basically said he, he's not on board with fully guaranteed contracts. And Lamar Jackson looks at Deshaun Watson and says, wait a minute. This guy got a $240 million fully guaranteed contract. If Deshaun Watson gets that, then I'm a former league MVP. I think I have every right to get that. So that's that I, my understanding is Lamar Jackson has been holding out for fully guaranteed contract and the Ravens ownership is not meeting him there. And if that, if that bridge isn't met, if they don't meet somewhere, if either side doesn't move a little bit or something, then it won't happen. And they will have to put the franchise tag on him. There's a franchise tag. There's an exclusive franchise tag, which the Ravens could put on him, which means no other teams can negotiate with Jackson. He is he is essentially on a one-year deal with the Ravens. It's cost effectively about $45 million all against this coming year salary cap. So that is a huge chunk of cap money the Ravens would be on the hook for at the quarterback position. And that and that's money they can't use for to build the rest of the roster. They could also use a non-exclusive franchise tag. Uh, and if they do that, it's significantly less. Last I saw, the number was estimated about $32.5 million. But non-exclusive means other teams would have the right to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. And if one of those teams made an offer sheet, and we can presume it would be a massive offer sheet, 
But if one of those teams made an offer sheet that the Ravens opted not to meet, then the Ravens as compensation would get two first round draft picks. The problem for the Ravens point of view is they believe Lamar Jackson is worth well more than two first round draft picks. So I don't think they have any interest in putting a non-exclusive tag on him and risk losing him for two first round draft picks. The more likely scenario, quite frankly, is they put the exclusive tag on him and then possibly trade him. And if they were to trade him, then I think they would get far more than two first-round draft picks. I know some people think they'd get four first-round draft picks. I'm not willing to go that far, but I think they might get three plus other draft picks. So they don't want to. They don't want to put him out there for uh, as a. I do not believe they are going to give him a non-exclusive tag where other teams could come in and and throw the bank at him, and then they might lose him for two first-round draft picks. That's why I believe they will almost have to give him the exclusive franchise tag and be on the hook for 45 million at the season ending news conference. I asked Eric Costa straight out. I said, if you tag Jackson, are you then willing to entertain trade offers for him? And he at the time shot that down completely and said, we're not even going to talk about that right now. Our singular focus is getting a long-term deal done. So they have until basically March 7th to do the franchise tag deadline. That's when the dead, that's when tags have to be applied so we'll know something more by then for sure. Um, but I don't think it's out of the question that they tag him and then listen to trade offers, even though Derek Tacosta said he didn't want to talk about it that day. Well, this is all really interesting information because the perception that we have here in the New York market is, and that you hear on all the big media outlets like ESPN, NFL Network, is Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere. Like there's not even a thought in the Ravens' minds and – it seems like a lot of Jet fans and Jet writers have kind of moved on from talking about Lamar Jackson. It's very Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr-centric. Based on what we're hearing from you, there is a real possibility that the Ravens would entertain a trade offer because it seems pretty far-fetched from an outsider's view. I don't, again, I asked Dacosta that exact question. And they're a prideful he, franchise, too. You know, they they always think that they can draft somebody. Everybody's replaceable. You know what I'm saying? And, and fully guaranteed contracts just does not appear like a Ravens storied franchise type of move. It's a very desperate Jets franchise type of move. You see what I'm saying here? I do. And I remember Steve Bishotti. Now, I wasn't at the owner's meeting when Steve Bishotti held a, a mini powwow with some of the Ravens media that were down there at the time. And what he said effectively was, you know, he did not see Deshaun Watson being the first guy that deserved a guaranteed contract. I mean, that the, 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 in that kind of number. Now, if if Lamar Jackson had taken the Ravens to the Super Bowl this year and they win it, and then he marks his and says, I want a fully guaranteed contract, maybe Bishotti is willing to move a little more on that as, you know, Flacco came in after he won the Super Bowl and they renegotiated a deal. It wasn't fully guaranteed. But, you know, will they trade him? I don't know. I, the, the, the chance of it is certainly not zero. Um, the, the, I know the perception nationally as well. The Ravens will never get let him get away. I think they, they'll. I think they'll absolutely tag him, and I think they would let him play on the tag this year if if he were to play. But I don't think they'll tag him a second year, and then and then where are we? Then we're still talking about looking for a guaranteed contract. The other problem with Lamar Jackson has is he's missed now eleven games in the last two years. The both the last two years he hasn't been able to stay on the field late in the season. Now, I know injuries are a tough thing when the tricky thing is in a Lamar Jackson has no agent. So now Eric DaCosta has to 
negotiate with effectively Lamar Jackson directly. And you, negotiations can get nasty. And the team will tell an agent why they don't think the player is worth this much or this much or this much or what they don't like about him that can try to drive the price down. The agent, of course, is going to talk the player up and try to get that value up. But there's going to be some testy exchanges. And normally, the agent filters all that out. But here, you don't have an agent, so it's going to have to be DaCosta dealing directly with Jackson. And he said at the end of the season news conference, he described it as a burden. He goes, these negotiations are a burden, but I do. Th I told Lamar that I think at the end of this, we'll all feel like a million bucks. They were being very optimistic. I don't see the optimism, quite honestly, that this, something's going to get done. But if it does, yeah, they'll all feel like a million bucks. I'll say this. At the time they drafted Lamar Jackson in this city, they had, fit, they had been this kind of run through. They've got the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and then they went through this period of kind of just um, malaise, if you want to call it that. They had several reasons, several years they didn't make the playoffs. The offense had no kind of star power. It just felt very vanilla, and there was kind of, there was kind of this malaise, I think is a good way to describe the fan base, the vibe about the team in this town. They drafted Lamar Jackson, and there was a palpable energy boost in this town he's an amazingly magnetic charismatic person the city loves the guy i mean he is revered around here when he takes the field for training camp they go wild um if they were to trade him they are going to be highly accountable and they are going to get killed by some fans for doing it um and i again i don't think they will but i i would absolutely expect that this is something that will come up but he has brought an energy and a popularity to the town that's hard to measure so they also have to factor that in as well um but the real question is do they think they're a better team can they afford him and do they think they can keep him and are they can they get where they want to be with him and that's the huge that's the huge question of all here because he's been dynamic he's been great and all of that but the critics will point out the lack of playoff success and and they can't all be pinned on Lamar Jackson because they've had other issues in those playoff losses. But that's something that comes up, too. And again, there's something else that DaCosta might bring up and that Lamar Jackson doesn't want to listen to that from the general manager when they're in the middle of a contract. So I think all of this is just incredibly fascinating. But um, it, there, there's so many layers to this and it's all going to kind of play out over. As I said, probably there's a lot going on now that we don't know about. And then by March 7th, the tag deadline comes and goes. And then and then we'll see. Then they ha he has to decide by they, they have till, I think, mid-July to, to sign an extension even while tagged or the plays on the tag. Does, does he show up? So much going on with him. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely a lot to, you know, there's, there's a lot of time left um, in, in these situations and scenarios. Um, you brought up the Deshaun Watson contract, 200 30 or 240 million dollars guaranteed is there a a limit to where the ravens are, are trying to go is there is there cut off 200 million or 220 i'm not even sure what lamar is looking for probably a little bit over deshaun's but is is there a you know is there a cutoff for, for the ravens at this point no you know it's a good question i don't have an answer i would think i would think lamar jackson is looking for more than deshaun watson i think he has a right to um but again Again, that's what I think there are 31 other owners that are going, you got to be kidding me. What did this Deshaun Watson contract do to us here? Um, I think the other owners are kind of furious about that contract because now it's out there and it's out there for other quarterbacks to use as a benchmark. And you've got Joe Burrow and Herbert and some of these other hurts. All these guys are going to be coming up for contract extensions as well. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating time other than just with Jackson. But 
I, yeah, I, Lamar Jackson has never said to me, I expect to be paid more than Deshaun Watson, but I think he is probably thinking that way. Um, and where the Ravens will go, as I said, until something changes, they're not willing to go fully guaranteed. Are they willing to go 200 billion fully guaranteed? 200 of 250 guaranteed? I don't know the numbers there. I, I just don't. But I know the so far, so far, fully guaranteed has been a pretty firm line in the sand for uh, the owner, Steve Bashotti. And just to kind of rewind a little bit to the summertime, not quite sure if you would know this, but just out of curiosity, how far apart were they with those extension talks before the season started to where they just shut down all talks? Because they must have had to have been really far apart for Lamar just to be like, that's it. I'm, I'm done worrying about it. No, or uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know uh, there were some numbers tossed around early in the season of reports that came out right around that time. And, and, Jackson kind of denied that. I forget now what it was. Um, I wish I had looked them up before I got on with you. I'm sorry I didn't. But, I, you know, I, if again, if the number, I forget, 133 million guaranteed. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the numbers because. But I that's a far cry away from the two hundred. Well, of course. Watson guy. I mean, I don't think yes, a far cry if it was that. But now, now Jackson kind of laughed it off. I heard the question was worded kind of funny when the time he was asked. So I, it was strange, but. I don't think they were very close and I don't know that they've gotten very close. Um, and if he's going to, if he, if he's going to st stick to a fully guaranteed, then I don't know that, like, as I said, I don't know that they'll get there. Um, and I, and I also think it did get to the point where he's like, you know what, we're starting games now. I do not want to have contract questions every week while I'm trying to get this game, these, play these games. So I think that was another reason he came out and said he want, he didn't want to talk about it. It was curious, though, that Eric DaCosta came out with a statement right before the season saying effectively that, too, because that's not how he always operates. And he basically said, we're putting off contract talks till after the season. So that was a little bit different than how he normally works. Uh, I don't think they got close. Um, and and then, as I said, at the, at the end of season news conference, they both, he and John Harbaugh, were effusive in praising Jackson and how much they want him and how badly he wants to be here. But that's all fine. But if they don't get to the number, then it, it doesn't happen. And it hasn't happened yet. And until it does, it hasn't. So, it, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky situation. Now, you know, the front office, the coaching staff, you know, they're, they're saying in the, in the media that, you know, they really want them, really want Lamar Jackson to stay. Um, with Greg Roman's firing, you know, have they brought in um, offensive candidate cordon, um, coordinators like, who are they looking to bring in to really revitalize this offense? Obviously, Greg Roman is, is super run heavy. Um, so what are they looking to do there? Well, boy, I, I wish I had the list. They've, they've, they've talked to something like 12 to 15 a uh, lot. offense coordinator candidates, some in the pro level, a couple of the college level. Uh, a lot of them have been either quarterback coaches or passing game coordinators, or they have pass game backgrounds. And so that seems to be a prevailing theme here is that they want to have some some sort of redeveloped passing game, which they frankly need to have. I mean, they've been Greg Roman. This is who he was. He was a dynamic run game guy. He was an, he was creative in the running game. But at every level, at every stop along the way, the passing game didn't do a whole lot for him. And, and a few years ago, this team was first in the league in rushing and dead last in passing. And that's when Marquise Brown asked to be traded. He said, I, this, this system doesn't really work for me. Um, this past year, they were number two in the league in running and number 28 in passing. Now, again, Lamar Jackson misses five games. 
Rashad Bateman gets hurt. Devin Duvernay gets hurt. They, they basically have a scrap heap of receivers out there. So that also explains why the pass numbers were down. But this is, this is who they've been. And they, they, they acknowledge that the passing game has to be redeveloped. Um, and so it looks like, uh, again, it's a long list so far, but it looks like most likely the, the new offense coordinator, A, will come from out of house, which I think is something that has to happen. There were a couple internal candidates, but I don't think that's going to happen. And B, it looks like it will be someone that has some kind of more established and um, more productive in the passing game than Greg Roman was. I like Eric Bianney for that job or whatever it's worth. And that'd be beneficial for both parties, but that's well, not it's, yeah, it's interesting because John Harbaugh is really close with Andy Reid. Obviously, yep. I mean, they have a lot. They go way back to Philly together. So I'm sure he's talked to Andy Reid extensively about him. And just our last question to you, and just knowing Eric DeCosta and how the Ravens operate all these years, do you see that if it does come to the point where, you know what, we need to move forward without Lamar Jackson, we need to get whatever we can for him, do you think it is a scenario where they they send him to the highest bidder or do they send him for a little bit less to get him out of the AFC? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would think... I would think they would take him. They would take the highest bidder on him. Um, that's a neat. I hadn't really given a whole lot of thought to that. Um, I know just I look at the hall people are proposing of what, what they might get for. I saw one. Proposed I think the trade. Jets would do whatever it takes for whatever it's worth. We're desperate. Well, I mean, right. <laughs> and I know a lot of people here think a lot of people here look at uh, Atlanta and Carolina as two most likely landing spots for him. Um, I know the Jets come up. The Jets are mentioned and. Um, I, my thought is they will they will they would take the highest bidder that's my gut they certainly like i said they're not even saying they're trading him yeah. but if they can't get something worked out i don't think they can afford to not at least listen and i do think and this is how they generally operate it's how they operate with their um players when they go to free agency they're going to assign a value to lamar jackson they're going to say this is what he's worth and if they don't get that as an offer then they'll just they won't bother with it they're not going they're certainly not going to just move him to move him um but i i don't know how they couldn't at least listen if it gets to the point where he's tagged and they're still a long way apart you think he's a new york guy out of curiosity or you think this is a little <laughs> to me i feel like he would thrive here he'd be the biggest star that in new york football in my yeah, lifetime it's interesting <laughs> it's interesting i i think he's i think he's more of a southern guy myself but it's very interesting because i mean he's not for everything he does in terms of uh like i said his magnetic energetic charisma he's not a guy you see like out on the town and all this stuff a lot he keeps a pretty low profile um and so i you know he's from south florida um a lot of people think he could end some people thought Illinois and Miami if Tua goes down and if Tua can't come back, is Miami a team that would be in the mix? But I, I see him as a Southern guy myself, being that he's from Florida. I know he played at Louisville, but um, I mean, again, New York is hard to ignore. It's always hard to ignore when there's with the money and the and the just the image and everything in New York. But I personally see him as a Southern guy. What an interesting situation. It almost kind of reminds me of, and it didn't work out that way, of, with the Yankees and Aaron Judge before the year. They couldn't come to the extension. Judge bet on himself. It paid off massively, whereas Lamar Jackson bet on himself. I don't really know if it paid off for him, to be well, honest. Joe, you might Fl hurt Joe him. Flacco bet on himself, too. This happened in 2011 it, yeah. when the Ravens and Bashotti 
Uh, Bashadi and Joe Flacco worked on an extension. It didn't happen. He decided to play the 2012 season. He goes off and he's the Super Bowl MVP. And then he comes back into Bashadi. He says, hey, here I am. We just won the Super Bowl. Pay me. And they did. It wasn't fully guaranteed then, but he got the biggest contract in the team history at the time. So he definitely bet on himself. And I can tell you this time last year, a lot of people were drawing that parallel or in like July around here. A lot of people were drawing that parallel. So oh, Flacco bet on himself, won the Super Bowl. Jackson's clearly about himself. Let's see what happens. And he ended up having a, an, another injury riddled year. So that that did not work out. Well, I think uh, now is a great time to end because we're starting to talk about Jets legend Joe Flacco. Uh, we, we, we don't want to see him anymore. We don't like Joe Flacco here. But no, for real, Bo, it was, it was great having you on. If anything else happens with Lamar in the offseason where maybe some trade talk starts coming about, we hope to have you back on. It was a great conversation. It was, it was a pleasure meeting you. All right, my pleasure. No pleasure. problem. Very surprised. Some, some, I, I was thinking... Uh, for real, though, I was thinking that it would be the Ravens are paying Lamar. He's not going anywhere. Don't don't get too excited now. It did sound like if he was to be traded or if he were to be traded, um, he wouldn't be coming to the Jets. It sounds like it will be in the NFC. I Obviously, it's not really like sourced or anything like that. But it, I did kind of get the impression that it's not really a New York guy. I feel like Atlanta would be the ideal fit for all parties involved, but... Mike Marone, that's a big quarterback domino. That's, uh, I mean, listen, it it sounded like from what Bo said that, and like you said, I was expecting the same thing. I was expecting, oh, they're going to pay him. You know, it's going to get resolved, you know, shortly. Um, but it sounds like, you know, there's not much of a chance, but there is a chance. And that's, that's all, that's all teams need at this point. Wouldn't it just be the Jets luck to get so lucky and get Aaron Rodgers? And then the Miami Dolphins get Lamar Jackson. Like, wouldn't that just be, you know. Don't even say that. (laughs) I I don't even want to put that into orbit, man. But for real, though, um, and that's a guy who's in that locker room on a daily basis, too. And he's been there for quite some time. Very plugged in local reporter. It's very interesting because the the narrative that you get, and we even mentioned it to him, that you get from Schefter, uh, Rap, Garofalo, all these other guys is the Ravens aren't letting Lamar go. Both sides want to work out a deal. There's no chance. Basically, there's no chance that he will be traded or anything. Local media has a little bit of a different spin on it. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. And it sounds like they're not going to give him, or they're not, they don't want to give him that guarantee. Fully guaranteed is not happening. I don't, that's going to get, it's going to get tricky. Who, uh, you know, it, 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 it decides on who, or what party, you know, decides to give in. That's that's kind of what it's going down to. Man, I can't wait. We have tons to discuss as the weeks go on. A lot of fun things planned out for the program. Really looking forward to the offseason. A few programming notes. Um, some very exciting news. If you follow us very closely, I would just like to announce the our own little signing here. It's our new producer and uh, good friend of the podcast. He's fully on board now with the team. That is our good friend, John Kaywood. Very pleased to have John and, uh, you know, obviously a close friend of mine and he's become a close friend of the shows as well. Doing a great job. We have tons of fun things planned and uh, we'll we'll hear from John very soon. We're working it out. He was actually supposed to come on a little bit tonight, but I guess he had better things to do than come on (laughs) with us. But uh, (laughs) he's doing a great job. Uh, Shout out to John. Sean will be back whenever he's ready. Uh, You know, he will be back as soon as he lets us know. We definitely miss having him on and 
I'm not going to say why. Yeah, but that's that's his business. But, uh, you know, we miss our buddy, Sean, and uh, wish him the best. And uh, we'll see him very soon. He's not going anywhere. And, uh, bro, we're only just getting started. It feels like a full-time uh, job at this point, this offseason. And Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet. Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet. And we have tons of uh, fun guests having to – obviously, with all this stuff with quarterbacks and – all this news, you would think like, all right, you know, let, let's take it easy. The Super it's playoff time. We're obviously not in it. No, it's the polar opposite. It's the Jets franchise, man. <laughs> really? We're all in. We're all in on it. Yeah. You know, th- that's that's the state of affairs with the Jets. But looking forward to it. And that's where it all stands right now. Uh, well, that's going to do it for tonight. Leave us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Follow us on Twitter at Jetsway Podcast. And bro, we'll talk soon. As always, go Jets. Jets.